Welcome to Ad Tension, a podcast from the American Advertising Federation, District 10. My name is Ray Shillins. Conversations with the people in our industry who make advertising and marketing impactful and relevant. Our stories take you behind the scenes on a variety of advertising platforms where we explore current trends and topics. AAF District 10 promotes professional development and networking, recognizes advertising excellence, provides news and resources, helps develop future industry leaders, and promotes the value of ethical and transparent advertising. You can find out more at aaf10.org. That's aaf10.org. Kit Letcher is the president and CEO of the Better Business Bureau of Central Oklahoma, which BBB is a source of unbiased information for both businesses and consumers. You knew that. They began all of this stuff. The organization helps people find and recommend businesses, brands, and charities they can trust in line with BBB's mission, which has never changed. Kit believes stressing solid, ethical business practices is at the heart of helping businesses build a base of loyal customers, and I agree. She and her team at BBB have personally exhibited this through the growth and retention of accredited business over the last six years. From 1,800 to 3,300 accredited businesses as well. And uh, this is not the uh, the beginning of Kit's uh, wonderful service uh, in central Oklahoma. Prior to BBB, she served as a variety of different roles on the United Way of central Oklahoma. Additionally, she has served on several volunteer boards, which currently include Oklahoma Venture Forum and the Focus on Home and the 507th Air Refueling Wing uh, uh, as well because her husband is a, a pilot in the United States Air Force. We thank him for his uh, service as well. Hey, Kit, that's a lot of stuff to say about you before we say <laughs> <laughs> happy to have you it here. It is. How you and doing? Thank How you, doing? you so much. And as far as bio goes, you know, we really try to keep that pretty short. <laughs> it's tough sometimes. Yeah, it's like a resume. It's like, just tell me what you need to tell me and make it uh, succinct and uh, right to the point. Hey, you're going to be exactly. You're going to be at the uh, the uh, the OKC monthly meeting, uh, virtually. That is on uh, September mm-hmm. the ninth, um, and you're doing um, you're doing things that really relate to uh, the mission, as I we stated before about the uh, Better Business Bureau ethics and culture. We're recording this uh, here in Houston, so we're very familiar with the good folks in Houston at the Better Business Bureau. They do so many things. Uh, we we had our year interrupted by the Awards of Excellence. Uh, I believe uh, Houston is uh, planning on doing something in October, but I'm not quite sure yet. This has been a kind of an uncertain year for just about everything, hasn't it, Kit? Yeah, it's been absolutely wild. And it feels like we make a plan and then we find different ways to tweak it and then we make a new plan and, <laughs> and it's just a constantly evolving process. Now, you said you guys are uh, safely back in the office, and and you mentioned Mm -hmm. uh, to me uh, before we started uh, recording this podcast that, uh, um, you know, okay, working at home is okay. It's okay. It gets the job done. It might be good. But but the engagement of going to a place, sitting down at your desk with your cup of coffee and, and possibly a couple of other folks in the office is more of an essential for you. And that's what you guys are doing in OKC, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's a huge part of our workplace culture. That camaraderie and that relationship is and really a dynamic piece of what makes us work. 
Mm-hmm. And it, when we decided to, you know, shut down the office as everybody else did and work from home, we had to be really thoughtful about how we would keep that dynamic rolling and, and how we would stay connected and, and really, um, you know, understand and know what was going on with one another, not just like from a professional standpoint, but from a personal one as well, because we are a small office. We have about 20 people on our team. Um, and we spend a lot of time with each other and we talk to each other a lot. So making sure that we stayed connected was really important to us. Good. I'm, gl- I'm glad to hear that. And possibly one day, I'm not sure it'll be the way we remember it used to be, but one day we will get back to uh, uh, hopefully uh, uh, a little bit more of normalcy. You know, the Better Business Bureau, indeed, I mean, some folks know this, a lot of people don't know this. Uh, the American Advertising Federation was born out of the Better Business Bureau. Uh, you are at the core, if you want to go back a while. And, it, it, and it, it, you know, in these days, over the past decade or so, um, over the past couple of decades, uh, the Better Business Bureau has not necessarily been challenged, but but you've got all of these alternative sources of quote-unquote real news or real reviews or things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Better Business Bureau has always stayed to the core of who you are, how you assess, and most importantly, how you address any type of uh, uh, conflicts. I feel with some of the other ones, without naming them or, or, or being you know, saying anything bad about them, uh, I, I've always felt like the Better Business Bureau had this solid base that you, if okay, if you want to go back to where it all began and do it the right way, this is where you go. I mean, we found a roofer uh, <laughs> from our Awards of Excellence here in Houston. These people are mm-hmm. phenomenal, and this guy wins awards yeah. all the time. And there's a reason for that. It's not just about the mm-hmm. application. It's about d- demonstrating a, a, a good work ethic, and I really feel the Better Business Bureau. Do you think there's been like a rebirth in these uncertain times of, uh, you know, the things that the Better Business Bureau stands for and can help people get a better handle on what's going on? Mm. You know, I think that's a really great question. And honestly, I don't know that we've looked at it from that perspective, but that would be something really interesting to dig into. Um because when we talk to people about scans or we talk to them about evaluating an, an, a business or even starting to engage somebody to come in and just talk about what work needs to be done on their home or if they need to hire a consultant or if they're looking for a new service provider for whatever thing that they're looking for, oftentimes what we tell them is to just slow down, you know, take your time, do your homework mm-hmm. and really look into that company, see how they do business, read the reviews all of those different kinds of things. And what I think has been really interesting about the pandemic and everything that we've been through is it has forced everybody to slow down um, and really be more thoughtful about who they're doing business with and how those relationships are formed and, you know, who's going to stay in business or if there's somebody who's like, you know, I had planned on retiring in the next couple of years. And so I'm going to go ahead and do that now. Um, and so evaluating succession planning and, and just a variety of different things. And so while I don't know that it has necessarily made people intentionally more thoughtful, like, oh, I need to do this. I think we've all been forced into it. Um, I don't think it was necessarily part of our plan. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's, it's one of those silver linings. And I think that's what everybody's really looking for right now is, you know, 
we've been through all of these different experiences, but we've all found silver linings in these experiences. And so what are those? And to your point, I think just slowing down and really taking a good look at how people do business and, and what they stand for. And that's why, you know, when a business is accredited, um, there's eight standards standards of trust that they we ask them to abide by. And, and it's not like, you know, necessarily falling upon the lines of doing good work. It has more to do with the holistic approach of your business. You know, are you transparent? Um, do you honor your contract? Are you respectful? Like, do you honor the work that you do? Are you going to stand behind your warranties? Things like that. So it's not just one clear-cut thing, like do these three things and then you're great. It's it's a much more um, holistic approach and just thoughtful about the entire process from beginning to end, including, you know, how you treat your team and your staff and the people that you work with and the vendors that supply products to your business so that you can then do the work that you're contracted for. Yeah, it all starts internally, doesn't it? It starts, uh, first of all, mm -hmm. at the top, and it's a trickle-down effect. And if you've got bad at the top, it trickles down. Uh, to every aspect of your business. Uh, the uh, American Advertising Federation uh, Oklahoma City's monthly meeting is set for the, uh, the 9th of September. It will be a virtual meeting, which means you can uh, log on to a webinar, and I'm sure you're going to find information about that uh, on the, uh, the, the club's site. Go there to find out and be a part of that, because uh, tell us a little bit about what you're going to be talking about um, uh, at, that, uh, at that event. Sure. So the the things that we're really touching on right now have to do with ethics and workplace culture together. And um, because those two issues and kind of core competencies really need to align and um, because it has so much to do with the internal efficiency and health of your organization and the external health of your organization or your business. Um, and so we have found that when you work on those two things, that it just really breeds success and growth and it will help your business thrive. And while there's a lot of different, you know, operational procedures and things that you can put in place to be more efficient and to um, grow your business, if you don't have these other things in alignment, then it just, what we have found is that businesses really find themselves stuck. And, and this is kind of the touchy-feely part of business, if you will. It's the stuff that people don't always necessarily like to talk about, but it, that is the struggle that if we get through that and really get good at it, that's where the growth and the success really happens. And, and that's what we want to talk about um, at the September Ag Club meeting, because you know it's the little things that you can do. And when I talk about workplace culture, it can be something as simple as, you know, in my position as the CEO, oftentimes people like, oh, I, you probably don't have time to do this, but it'd be really great if you could. And and I spend probably 90% of my time devoted to my team and making sure that they are happy and have what they need and the resources and the continuity to be successful in their jobs. Because my job isn't to do their job. My job is to support them mm -hmm. and make sure they have what they need. And so I spend a lot of my time, you know, when we're in the office, <laughs> walking around, talking to people, making sure that I know um, just personally, professionally, um, what they have going on in their lives. And this, that doesn't mean that it's a long conversation. It could be five, 10 minutes. But spending my morning doing that with each person, it makes a difference. 
Um, because when I see like work slipping or numbers falling off, I can go back to that person and say, Hey, like what's going on right now? And, or I already know, you know, maybe they've had a death in the family or maybe they've had a sick child or maybe something's happened with their spouse's employment. Like just all of those things make a difference in our lives and, and how we are able to show up at work. And, and that's one of our core values at our office is being authentic and being able to show up as you are. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't want anybody on my team to feel like I'm this person at home and this is who I get to be around my family and they get to see this true part of myself. And then I come to work and I put up this wall and I'm able to just be this professional individual and I don't share anything else. I, I want those two pieces to come together and for people to really be able to show up as they are because that's the strengths in their personality and their skill set and their ability to contribute. You know, that's what makes us successful. Um, and that doesn't mean that everything's sunshine and roses and, you know, everybody's having a bright, sunshiny day every single day. I mean, sometimes I come into the office and I'm struggling and I have to say, you know what, today is not my best day, <laughs> but I'm here and this is how I'm showing up and I need your support. Um, and that doesn't happen just from my team. That happens for me too. And oftentimes I give this example and, um, you know, my husband's in the military. He is part of the five of stuff in the air refueling wing here in Oklahoma city. And he has been in the military since 1999. And we, have been through 14 deployments since 2005 to this last um, November, whenever he did his final deployment. And at varying times, you know, those took a toll on my family. And so I've obviously had a lot of experience in them. And now (laughs) at least past 14. So I know what will happen going into them. I know what to expect from me personally. And so Whenever he was getting ready to deploy, I just met with my whole team and said, you know what? I am getting ready to have three months um, of uncertainty and I'm having three months where I'm going to struggle and I'm going to be divided and I need to pour more of myself into my family right now because my kids are eight and 12, then I'm going to be able to pour into you guys. And so I'm going to need your support. And so being able to show up that way at work and be vulnerable with my team and ask for their help was huge for me personally, but it also allows them to do the same thing so that, you know, you don't always have to carry those burdens in silence. And they're not always huge things like a deployment. Sometimes it's just, you know, I've got a sick kiddo at home and I'm worried about them. And so I need a little bit more grace today. Yeah. Wow. You know, and you've had good practice as it relates to our friends at COVID-19. He's not our friend. Uh, of the, uh, you know, <laughs> you, no, seriously, I, you probably look at this whole thing a lot differently than many do. It's like, okay, another challenge. I'm going to roll up my sleeves. We're going to deal with this stuff mm-hmm. and, and get through it. And I think, uh, I think, um, in many ways, listen, COVID-19 is a, is a horrible thing that is going on in our world right now. Uh, but it's also a beneficial thing uh, for helping people, uh, understand the ability to, 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 uh, adapt uh, to have hope, uh, to understand that uh, uh, this too we can, you know, get over, move on, and we will mm-hmm. be smart in doing that. But it sounds, with with your military um, family background, you you've kind of been prepped for this kind of stuff. So COVID nineteen was nothing more than another deployment for you, I'm sure. Would that would you say that's true? 
Yeah, absolutely. I would. And it was really funny because my husband and I talked about that. And he said, this is what it feels like from the deployment side when you're stuck one place and you can't go anywhere (laughs) and you just keep reliving the same day over and over. And And so it was funny seeing it from that perspective because you just have to kind of dig into some new routines and find your pace and figure out what works while also making sure that you're taking care of yourself and you're giving yourself mental health breaks and you're being really honest about how you are feeling in those different stages of going through it. Because like when we all went home um, at the beginning of March, it was um, really scary. It was absolutely scary. And, and I didn't really sugarcoat it with my team. And I said, I'm scared because I look at you all and I know what you have going and I feel responsible for you. And I want to provide the best possible solutions for you. And so here's what I can tell you for sure. And here's what I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to be as honest as I possibly can and give you as much of information as I have. In return, I need to understand like what you need. And I need you to, to work with me on, on what we as an organization can provide. But we're going to figure out solutions together. Yeah. Because this is my first time going through a pandemic like everybody else. And so... I need all brains around this. And so I think that was one of our saving graces is just, you know, my team was great about problem solving and coming up with solutions. And just, we would, we had them every single day. We met at nine o'clock and we would do anywhere from a 20 minute to a 40 minute meeting. Everybody would do like a round robin update on what's going on. And, and just, here's what I'm working on today. So we stayed in touch because obviously that's a huge part of our culture. But then it was, hey, I'm having this issue. Does anybody know like how I can solve this? Whether it's like something with their phone system or returning emails or I can't get a hold of this person or we're looking at this business or I'm having a hard time answering a complaint because this is in a new realm that we've never had to deal with before. And, oh, I saw a resource about this. Here, let me shoot that to you. So just being really highly collaborative was a huge success for us. Um And then also just setting the tone for our team and saying, you know what, this is scary. And I get that you're all scared because I am too. Mm -hmm. But what we are going to do is we're going to find the silver lining and we are going to find success. And that means that in several months, the way we return to work and the way we operate may look different. And I just, I need you guys to be on board with the fact that what we can account for is change. And knowing that we're all going to face it and we have no way to escape it because everything is going to be different. And so we're going to control what we can control. So I can control what time I get up. I can control what I wear today. I can control the food I'm putting in my body. I can control, you know, checking in on people and making sure that they're okay because all these other uncertainties are out of my control. And so I'm going to work within the spheres of what I do have and find success there and build confidence there. And, And so I think setting that tone is a huge part of our culture and just being at the forefront and claiming it and saying, you know, this is what I'm expecting and this is what I am doing. Um, And then continually showing that and exhibiting that and being um, present in those moments. You know, I I had a question for you as well from the business side, your client side, uh, the people who are uh, the accredited businesses. What have you been hearing um, from businesses? And, and, and if so, uh, what kind of message are you sending out to, to them, especially with COVID-19 mm-hmm. hanging over our heads? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think a very similar to message to what we told to our team. But honestly, what was interesting in talking to business owners is just based on their industries, kind of how all over the map they were. You know, I would talk to somebody who was in construction or doing remodeling or roofing, and they would be completely slammed. They had so much business that they were not expecting. Mm -hmm. And so then their issues were, I need to hire more people. But we also need to make sure, like, as we're on job sites, that we're safe. And so what resources do you guys have for that? And how do we do additional trainings and things like that? And the flip side of it was talking to, um, you know, our businesses that are in the hospitality industry, whose book of business just completely fell at the bottom. And so helping them brainstorm, you know, what are the things that you're good at that you could pivot to this new um, kind of, landscape that we're all facing and and so we would have a lot of conversation with our business owners um and just calling and checking on them and and we approached honestly um the first two weeks of the pandemic where everybody was in quarantine like we do when we're in a tornado and so you guys i'm sure can appreciate this because (laughs) you have hurricanes and natural disasters are a part of life for you and tornadoes are a part of life for us. And so when we have a tornado come through a community in Oklahoma, in our service area, we call every single accredited business and make sure that they are okay, that they are in business, that their team is okay, and ask if there's anything that they need. And it's a fairly short conversation, but that's how we reach out and are a resource to our businesses from the very beginning. Um, and oftentimes what we find is they'll, when they answer the phone and we tell them, you know, hi, this is Kit with Better Business Bureau. We're just calling to make sure you guys are okay. Are you still operational? Is there anything that we can do for you? They're like, I can't believe the DVB is calling me. I thought you guys just handled complaints. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, we do that. And yeah. <laughs> we do this other thing too, because our job is to make better businesses and to be a resource to our businesses in our community. Um, and so that's exactly what we did when we went into quarantine. We divided up our accredited business list and we called every single business to ask them how they were doing. And we just started there. And so it opened the door of communication so they could call us back or email us and say, hey, I wasn't in the space to talk to you right then, but I've had these other things come up. Can you guys help me with this? And we could say yes or no, or, you know, here's another resource that you should reach out to, or here's something new that we found out about or you know, here's how we can help connect you. Um, and just to give people those additional opportunities for success. You know, from a, I don't want to dwell on negativity or anything because I love, I love the positive aspects of everything. Um, mm-hmm. But during these times, um, have you seen uh, uh, an increase in, uh, you know, businesses that might be desiring to take advantage of people or doing things uh, not in the consumer's best interest, and and if so, how are you guys uh, handling stuff like that right now? Yeah, it's interesting. We've seen some new scams coming out of the woodwork, like the brushing scam, and um, where you just get a whole bunch of packages on your front porch, and um, or like the seeds that were going around for a while, and and we had just a variety of scams that came out of the woodwork. I would say from March to May that were just, it felt really intense, but they didn't seem to be generating from any local businesses. They truly were um, like the scams that we see around the rest of the year. Um, But just 
kind of more densely populated, if you will, as far as creeping up more often. And, and so we saw that. But from a local standpoint, um, just businesses, I would say we're doing a really good job of trying to be up front of, I'm trying to get as much work as I can because I'm trying to make sure that my business stays open. And, and I, there was a period of time when people were just so uncertain. I would say that consumers were also equally graceful to businesses. And, and I know that it sounds crazy because that's not always our natural tendency. It's not what we always see. And, um, but it just, there was a really interesting moment. Uh, I would say from about March, April, May, where we really saw those two kind of communities of business owners and, and people working in different industries and the consumer aspect of it really, because everybody was trying to figure it out, that there was just so much more community in business um, and trying to figure out, like, who's my local resource? How do I get this done? We want you to stay in business. We because when you look at the economy of your city and your state, it's, we have all these big box stores, right? Like those are the places that we used to buy our groceries and most of our household goods. But sure, we yeah. have these other industries that are locally owned businesses that provide the diversity and the inclusiveness and the just the beauty of being a part of that community. And those are the things that we want to continue to show up and continue to thrive. And so it was really neat watching people come in support of those businesses, not to, you know, disparage our big box stores or anything like that, but just to say, like, we want to lift these up so that, you know, whenever we get past all this and we're going back into stores in a more regular routine, that they're still here because that's what makes our city unique and dynamic and and creative. and, And those are all the things that make us thrive. Well, that's well said. Uh, Kit Letcher is uh, the president and CEO of the Better Business Bureau of Central Oklahoma. On the on the 9th of September, uh, she'll be speaking virtually. Uh, it's a Zoom meeting, everybody. Uh, at, uh, on the 9th. Just one the, uh, more Zoom meeting. There we go. Oh, boy, are we getting good at this or what? Business, trust, ethics, and culture. And one of the things, and we talk, we talk about this in Houston a lot. Uh, Houston is one of the most uh, diverse uh, cities, culturally diverse cities, uh, in the United States, which is huge. We're like 10 years ahead of L.A., mm-hmm. which is amazing to me. Uh, so you're going to be talking a little bit about um, uh, diversity and inclusion uh, in your presentation. Talk about that now, uh, what, you, what you're mm-hmm. planning on saying. Yeah. And, you know, it's been such a hot topic for a while. And I will say it's such a sensitive subject because the things that we have seen and the successes that we have seen have been born out of hardship and struggle and just people really facing um, the fact that we have not done a good job of being diverse and being inclusive. And so how do we have in smaller pockets? So this is what I'm focused on because these are the things that I can do as a business owner and as a leader of my organization, that's where I am. Here's the things like that I can control and I can be a part of and bringing that to our office. And so realizing that a lot of our business owners are small business owners, just trying to navigate those waters. 
of how do we do this? Because it doesn't feel like we have a huge voice. Um, and so while people may feel that, the voice that you have is with the people that you are surrounding yourself with and, and being able to use that in a thoughtful and very intentional way. Um, and so for us um, at BBB, you know, it's something that we talk about as far as how do we continue to have a diverse team and making sure that we are recruiting from um, multiple populations and um, whether it's ethnic backgrounds, socioeconomic backgrounds, um, educational backgrounds, like we really need to look at a broad picture because it's not just about racial diversity. It's about all of those other things because the community that we build within this organization needs to be reflective of our community as a whole. And so like one of the things that our BBB does that I'm extremely proud of is we are a fair chance employer. And that means that we hire from people who have either been incarcerated or are facing incarceration. And wow. um, we work with a program here locally that's called Remerge. And it's um, a prison diversion program at its very core. It, it works with women who are facing incarceration rates of multiple life sentences for substance abuse. Um, and so when they are accepted into Remerge, we are one of the employers that Remerge can then contact as an employment opportunity once they get to a certain portion of the program. And it's, you know, I think anywhere from like an 18-month to a 24-month program. So it's very long and extensive, but necessary because it takes a long time to really work through um, issues of substance abuse and the things that are the root causes that lead to that. And so when the ladies that are part of that program get to the end of phase three, beginning of phase four is a great time to start working with us because they are eligible to work full-time. We have a flexible enough work and schedule that they can still do the therapy sessions, the counseling sessions they need, go to court when they need to, um, and still be successful in the job that they do here. And so we have found a huge amount of success with the ladies that we've hired in our sales position. And we essentially run a call center. We call businesses about becoming accredited. We talk to them about the standards of trust. And every single person who is calling on businesses is from this program. And they, um, just, they're amazing and just absolutely wonderful. And not who you would expect to be a part of BBB. That's not, yeah. <laughs> when people come in our office, you know, they're expecting the very buttoned up um, professional suit and that whole thing. And that today I'm in my vans and um, my kind of athleisure wear because I'm not seeing anybody. I'm just here in the office. And so, sure. you know, we, we try to create a culture where going back to our core values where people can show up as they are. And so this is one of the ways that we've really been able to incorporate diversion and diversion, not diversion <laughs> from a diversion <laughs> program, but incorporate <laughs> diversity and inclusion in our office. Sure. Um, and so aside from that, making sure that, you know, when we post jobs that we're using a variety of job boards, we're not just doing Indeed um, or, you know, regular job sites that we're going to the different chambers in our different communities and hiring and um, from there, hiring from different universities. We have a really great um, kind of collection of universities and colleges here in Oklahoma City and our surrounding area 
that have a ton of students from other countries, from other states um, that are studying a variety of different degrees that have really added to our office. And so helping business owners understand that those are really small things that you can do that just build the collage of people that you have in your office, that the only thing it does is strengthen your community within your office, which then makes your, your community stronger externally. So it really balances out that internal, external um, connection that we were talking about earlier. You know, if BBB was an entity and you were participating in the Awards of Excellence, which is an annual uh, thing, you just won the Pinnacle Award uh, <laughs> because what you're telling me is so cool. You know, and I, I have a question here, but really, I don't, I don't uh-huh. think that it's relevant anymore. Uh, you know, the I, I'm calling it the the new channels of legitimacy without mentioning any names, organizations, people's names, whatever. It isn't apples to apples. It's there is nothing like. Uh, a BBB out there from what you're saying, uh, you know, not only for mediation, for resolving issues, but mm-hmm. reaching out and supporting these businesses. BBB seems to me to be the glue uh, that is the differentiator between success and failure. Uh, would you say that's true? I would love to be able to claim that that's true. <laughs> uh-huh. And what I will say is, well, I can't prove that. That's our goal. That's the thing that we are striving to do because we are really our, you know, my purpose, my individual personal purpose, I know is making my community a better place. That is what it's always been. That's why I've always worked in nonprofit. And I love serving my community and doing whatever I can to be a thought leader and to really push the envelope of what makes Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, um, a better place to live and a better place to have a business and to grow a family and to grow a community. Um, and so that's the resource and the thought that I bring to our BBB. And so that's part of our core values here. And that's the structure that we're trying to and promote and just include in every interaction and correspondence um, that we have with our businesses and with our consumers, because we want our consumers to understand you know, the perspective of the business owner. And if you've never had a business, you you don't understand all the different hats that they wear and all the different, um, you know, anxieties that they have and wishes that they have for their teams and, and wants that they have as far as like just being successful and keeping your doors open and then more. Um, and so all the thought and consideration and intention that goes into that, because it's not as simple as, you know, I put a sign out and I'm successful because two people came into my shop. It's, there's so much more that goes into it. And so we really are striving to be that resource. And I love that you use that word glue because we want to be that. And and so I can't say that we make business successful because I can't prove it per se, but it's what I absolutely want them to feel like BBB is the opportunity for them to be successful because we are trying so very hard to give them resources and to be a partner with them in their success. You know, this is a podcast uh, for District 10, which covers four states. And, of course, this is a podcast, so it's a global event. Anybody in the world 
uh, can subscribe and listen to these podcasts. I just have a mm-hmm. funny feeling a whole bunch of people are going to be calling BBB of Central Oklahoma and saying, "So, listen, I'm in uh, I'm in Illinois. Is there <laughs> is there any way that I can become a member of BBB Central Oklahoma? Because I I heard Kit and and all of her great team. You really do. You really yeah. It's it's so fun to listen to um, someone first who is so passionate and organized and inspired to do something like this. How? If I'm a business, um, which I am, uh, how should a business use the assets of the Better Business Bureau? What what are the expectations there, Kit? Yeah. Well, so here's the great thing about BBB. We are across North America. So not just obviously here in Oklahoma or down in Houston. We have locations all across the United States, in Mexico, and in Canada. And so... Each of our BBBs are independent so that we can find our niche in our own communities and figure out our best ways to serve our communities. So what you see the BBB in Southern Colorado doing or, you know, Chicago doing or Atlanta doing might look a little bit different. But at our core, our purpose is all the same. Um, And so we're able to offer programs that are relevant and necessary for our different communities, which I think is really, really cool because we're all different. Like each state has its own personality and needs and wants and resources. So we are all able to independently tap into that. But the things that we all do that are similar, we obviously all do complaint resolutions. We do arbitrations. We handle customer reviews. And we do that mediation between consumers and businesses. And so every single BBB will do this. We all do um, ad reviews. So going back to our roots with ad clubs. And, and so truth and advertising is huge for us because we want to make sure that businesses are being honest and transparent in their advertising. So every BBB does that. We all do investigations. But in addition to that, you know, reaching out to your local Better Business Bureau and figuring out how you can tap into their resources is going to look different for each community. And so like for our BBB, we have a couple of different things that we have launched this last year that have been really, really fun. Um, And so we've started doing a peer group. So we have a peer group available for business owners, CEOs, or high-level decision makers within an organization. And they can come together and and lean on each other and and gain experience from each other. And and that's their confidential group where they can talk to one another about, you know, the different issues that they're facing within their business or um, whatever realm that they need to talk about. Because oftentimes, you know, as a business owner, it can be a little bit lonely and it can be a little isolating. And you don't always have that peer to be able to talk to. So we've created peer groups. Um, and we have that available for businesses, whether you're accredited or not. They're just a different price point. And um, obviously, with being a BBB accredited businesses, that price point's a little bit lower. We've also started a new thing, uh, which we're calling open office hour days. And this is where, you know, oftentimes our businesses, the business owner is wearing every single hat from HR to finance to marketing to sales. Um, and so that may not be their area of expertise. Maybe. They are the plumber also, and that is truly their skill and trade and what they are trained to do. And so now they've had to learn all these other things. Um, and so we are having open office hour days where we're bringing in experts and um, our businesses can consult with them for 45 minutes to two hours on specific issues that relate to their business. 
And that way, it's a consultant that we have vetted. We have said, yes, has a good reputation and somebody who can help you actually get to a resolution or help you figure out how to problem solve this particular issue. And so the next one that we have, and we're actually doing in conjunction with our local ad club, and that'll be September 24th. Um, And so we are continuing to grow those and we'll have more throughout the year, but we're doing it around social media Mm -hmm. Um, because we know for a lot of our business owners, you know, just setting up uh, social media pages can be daunting because that's not their area of expertise. And so being able to sit with somebody for an hour and just how do I set this up? What does posts look like? How do I create content? Sounds like such a big thing, but having that expert side by side with you and being able to break it down. Um, could be such a really great resource for them and a really inexpensive way to then get a leg up on something that maybe they've not been doing because they didn't know where to get started. And so, and that's the way we want to work with our businesses and be a resource. Um, and so those are just two examples of things that we have been doing as far as um, our building goes. We have a really great building in downtown Oklahoma City that we renovated in 2015. And one of the reasons that we did our renovation is so that we could offer up office space uh, for group meetings. Especially right now, group meetings are not happening. <laughs> yeah, right. That's <laughs> it's okay. It's hard to find locations. They'll be um, back. But we have a large and a small conference room that businesses can use um, as they need with it that works within our schedule. So we have an accredited business that's actually using it today for a strategic planning meeting with their team of five. And they don't, they all work virtually anyway. They did before the pandemic, but they're using our location today. And so they can all get face to face and do that brainstorming together. And it just gives them a centralized location to meet that is safe because we do a really great job of cleaning and we have somebody that lets them in and they're able to, you know, bring in lunch and, and have that available to them. So we really try to be a resource in a lot of different capacities. So it's not just one um, kind of vertical, if you will. It's multiple different facets because we know our businesses need a variety of different things. And so maybe it's just something as simple as using the request to quote feature that's on our website. So when a consumer goes to the website and they look at that business, they can click a button that says request a quote. And that quote or you know request for a quote goes directly to that business owner and it gives them the opportunity to respond and say, yes, I can meet with you on these days and or, you know, here, just basic outline of the job that you're asking, that would probably cost, you know, X, Y, Z dollars or however they choose to use that tool. So uh, yeah. a lot of different ways in which businesses um, can partner with BBB and use this as a resource. Wow. I'm blown away. Absolutely blown away. I love the presentation. And, 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 and frankly, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a small business, a business owner, and you've been on the fence, I suppose uh, you're getting off the fence now uh, <laughs> and, and, going, and joining. It's a good thing. So when, when, when Kit Letcher, when you're not using your superpowers, uh, cracking down on the not so nice businesses and helping support the businesses who are growing what do you spend your time doing? Do you have any time left over at the end of the day, Kit? I do, yes. <laughs> and Tell us really what you do. about my time and, and cutting it off so I get to spend time with my family. Um, because as I mentioned, my husband's a pilot. And so he is often in and out of town. He's been in town a lot more lately. 
which has been really nice. So that's part of our silver lining. Um, but I have two kids that are eight and 12. So one is in just starting middle school and the other one is still in elementary school. And um, But we love to travel, which has obviously been a little bit more difficult this year. Um, but just planning trips and figuring out where we're going next and always looking for that next adventure. Um, and then one of the other things that I love doing is working with a local nonprofit that I'm on the board of called Focus on Home. And that if I could just plug them for a second, you because bet. they are absolutely amazing. Um, and so what they do is actually they take donated furniture and household goods that are gently used. And they work with um, partner agencies from the YWCA and Remerge and Catholic Charities. And they actually work with families who have been recently housed. So maybe they've been in transitional living or They've just finally been able to get into a secure home, and but they don't have any furniture. So they probably don't have beds or a dining room table or anything like that. And so we use volunteers and those donated goods. And over the course of several hours, we're able to go in and completely furnish their home for the family um, and just give them a sense of belonging and security and pride that they have been able to, you know, earn this new home, but also feel really happy and secure in it. And instead of trying to figure out, okay, where am I going to get a bed? Now they're able to focus on the things that really matter where it's, okay, we're fed and we're happy and we have a roof over our head and everybody is warm and safe at night. And we can focus on school and work and, and, you know, being together in the things that really matter. So that's where I spend my extra time. Okie dokie. And then you sleep occasionally. That's that's good. I mm-hmm. like that a lot. <laughs> you know, th- that is so cool. We throw away way too much stuff here in America uh, and in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that you're doing that is so meaningful. That is so cool. So if you want to meet Kit more personally, you can do so at a virtual meeting. <laughs> You'll virtually meet Kit at a, a, <laughs> coming up on the 9th of September. And uh, it's business, trust, ethics, and culture, but it really is so much more. Man, I'll tell you one thing. I, 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 I know that the folks in Oklahoma City are saying, um, we would like one of Kit here and here and here and here because uh, what, <laughs> you, what the energy that you bring and the positivity you bring is so, is so cool. What a fresh... Fresh approach. And, and if you don't know about the Better Business Bureau, you sure do now. And if you're not using the BBB, I don't care where you're at in District 10 or anywhere uh, in the United States, this is a good organization to be a part of, uh, to use the assets of these organizations to build and grow your business and to also uh, allow uh, your business to grow along the lines of uh, transparency uh, high ethics and just good business practices. So, Kit, you're doing great things there. I just I'm, I'm so impressed with that. I had one question for your for your husband. Mm-hmm. So so yeah. he flies he flies the KC135, which is an old Boeing mm-hmm. 707. I would assume he did or does. Um, yeah, he does. These uh-huh. are these are flying um, gasoline tanks uh, <laughs> with two aircraft hooking up. I don't even know what the speed they hook up at, but um, that's a, that's a challenge for him, too. He must be a pretty doggone good pilot to be able to do that, huh? Well, if you have ever watched the movie The Right Stuff. Yes. Uh-huh. Where the pilot says, who's the best pilot you ever saw? It's the temple. That is a 
very common tagline in our family. <laughs> wow. Wow. And then it's a really fantastic pilot. Yeah. And we'll throw a commercial in here for Delta Airlines because he's also a, a Delta Airlines uh, a captain. I, I, I'm assuming a pilot for Delta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. so if you're flying Delta, very much. Yeah. what you have to do is say, I want Letcher as my pilot or I'm not getting on the airplane. Okay. That's uh, <laughs> That's just what I'm thinking here. Kit, this has been a real pleasure to get to know you better. And I'm sure the folks are going to look forward to the uh, the event on the 9th. But, hey, this has been fun. Thanks for, for being a part of this uh, podcast today. We appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. I have enjoyed it tremendously. And I just appreciate the opportunity to talk about what we're doing. And I'm really getting to know you this morning. So thank you so much. And there you have it, a podcast from the American Advertising Federation District 10. Hope you enjoyed it today. Find out more at aaf10.org. That's aaf10.org. And you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, via RSS, or wherever your favorite podcast platform is, we are going to be there. Do that and you'll never miss a new podcast. Now, your rating on iTunes will help us grow. And don't be afraid to share what you've heard today on social media with all of your friends. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. This is Ed Tension, copyright 2020. I'm Ray Shillings.